What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. I have hit the record button. For better or worse, we're on the air. Good morning. How's is it morning there? Is, it, the is it morning here? We're in a black box. I know. <laughs> black with light shining at us. It is a very odd setup, but I guess it works for a band. It works for a band, I imagine, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyhow, um, yeah, so it's been a while since we have actually been in person, so I don't know how long ago it was that I mentioned this to you, but I did bring you something to try. So I'm going to step over there and get it because I didn't get it out and get it set up. Oh, you got it in there. Yeah, I got it in the bag. Okay. Um, and then you can uh, you can go through and, and take a look at it. So hold on just a second. Okay. Or UBS. Well, John's walked away. I don't know what he's going to get out. No, put the damn pistol down. <laughs> it wasn't a pistol anyway. <laughs> it's honey. Oh, it's honey. Yes. Is it some of your honey? Okay, so yeah, um, I put the uh, so that's an old jar. the The label on the front of it is is not relevant. I've scratched through it and put other things on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, it says G R F W on the front. Mm-hmm. So that is goldenrod and false willow. And I put the uh, saran wrap under the lid because I don't trust the lid on that jar at the mm-hmm. moment. I didn't want it to spill. But go ahead and open it. Give it a big whiff. Like, like see what you get smell-wise. Because the smell, in theory, should be a stark contrast to the flavor. Um, and then it's yours to take home. So feel free to stick your finger in there. Smells like a fall of honey. A little bit. It it definitely it's, has it's got a different wine to it. It's yeah, it's got that musty mm-hmm. hint of hint of dirty sock <laughs> smell. Well, I was thinking more of a chicken house. Oh wow. Yeah. Um well, that's uh, that's ammonia. Yeah, and you might have to do might have to do two. Do one and, and get a good taste and then follow it up with the second one and see what you get out of that. He's uh he's tasting it now. That's good, honey. It's got a it's a rather unique flavor. It's good. Yeah. Nothing matter with it. No. So the this is the first time that this has ever occurred out there at the apiary. We had forty acres mm-hmm. of solid goldenrod. And it wow. bloomed for a very long time, which normally yeah. it doesn't. Right at the tail end of the goldenrod, all of the false willow out there went well, into bloom. What do you call false willow? Is that it's that thing that willow? no, it's that thing that you thought was the um, salt cedar. It's not yeah. salt cedar. It's called false willow. It looks like a willow tree, but it's not a willow tree. Hey, you made it. He uh, he's been trying to toss things into this bag all day up here, and, and this is the first time he succeeded. That's good. Um, ain't nothing matter with it. But there's not anything else in there. So there is no broom weed. There is no bitter weed. There no. is no snow on the prairie. None of that stuff. It's Good. literally just the goldenrod golden and, rod and the false willow. And I was able to take this out of the back of a couple of hives that were, they had way more than plenty of honey in there. Mm-hmm. 
and extract it down because I wanted to give uh, Farhat, Dr. Ostert, some pure monofloral type honeys that, that would be more delineated as opposed to our wildflower honey. And I knew that based on how this fall went, there should be some in there. So mm-hmm. this is the first time that I've ever purposely selected something like that out of there and, and taken it out. And without it being mixed with all the other stuff, it's not dark. No, um, not in at all. that jar, you can't really tell it very oh. well, but it's actually yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I extracted it, you hold it up to the light, it's yellow. And then whenever you go through and you you smell it, you get that same kind of aroma that your hives have whenever the bees are yeah. foraging on the goldenrod. Yep. It's got that musty, weird, mm-hmm. you know, dirty sock kind of odd smell to it. Um, but then when you taste it, the first taste is is like it starts to be kind of, you know, just like a very light, sweet honey. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it goes into a very distinct floral flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's not dark it's not mm. rich it's not nope. bitter nope um it's not any of the other things that we would it's attribute ends. to the fall honey so i thought that was really kind of neat oh hell yeah so now, I, but the bad part about it is to to reproduce this when dr Farhat says oh it's the cure for cancer <laughs> now how are you going to make it again well it would just have to <laughs> you know mother nature just has to cooperate so i need to hang on to this because when he calls you and says oh you gotta give me more of that it's the cure for cancer <laughs> and that could be a b- worth a bunch of money then. Well, I mean, it could be, yeah. Or it could be the cure for COVID. Oh, well. The COVID-19, we got Again, the vaccine. <laughs> they're not they're not testing for that, unfortunately. He's just testing for bioactivity levels. But, okay. But, yeah, that I thought that was really actually kind of cool. Well, that's good. Um, and so I, I wanted to bring you some in that was a, a specific monofloral, well, Can technically I order a dual. Can you order it in a court? <laughs> I do actually have a court of it, yeah. <laughs> I have I – have, uh, maybe 20 to 30 pounds of it. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. So, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but I was actually, I was, I was pretty impressed with, uh, well, with what it was. There's nothing out there now, is there? No. No. Because, because next week we're supposed to hit 70 Fahrenheit here. <laughs> <laughs> we got in trouble. 70 degrees. Where? What? 70. That's hot. Well, oh, yeah, 70, 70 degrees Celsius is, uh, <laughs> is, is everybody's melting and boiling. Um, so we, we, the last main segment episode that came out was actually a, live. yeah, it was one of our, it was our first live episode that was on Podbean Live. And basically, you know, we, we put it out there on social media. Um, everybody had to download the Podbean app and you could also pull it up on your computer as well and at least listen and then type us messages. And on the flip side of that, you had anybody who had a headset with a mic in it could actually plug that into their phone (laughs) and call in and physically ask us questions. So, um, we had Rachel on there from Australia and I kept insisting that her name was Sue because I was distracted by trying to read all the crap in the message board. And so uh, my apologies to, to Rachel again, I've apologized multiple times, even offline, but apologies for that. But we had, so we had Australia represented. We actually had the United Kingdom represented. We Mm -hmm. had Frank on from Wales. Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. And then Jake was on. Um, Jake is up in Nebraska Mm -hmm. and we had Jeffrey Ann on. And at the moment where Jeffrey Ann is escapes my memory. She's on the East Coast somewhere. 
It might be northeast. Oh, that's the one that sent us the Tupelo honey. Uh, no, sourwood. Sourwood. Yeah, sourwood yeah. honey. Yep. So she's from South Carolina then. Well, from from the I, she may have been visiting. I don't know if that was actually okay. her specifically, but yeah, I, I mean, I would guess north that, or South Carolina, yeah. Virginia, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's hypothetical because I I don't yeah. I should know. Um, I do know that where she is has bears. <laughs> well, we found that out. <laughs> Yeah. She found that out the hard way. A bear did come destroy or attempt to destroy her top bar. The hive itself survived. Mm-hmm. The frames, uh, the bars did did not. Well, the bar did, but the comb on the bars oh, completely gone. Oh, pulling so. the bars out. Oh, look here. Yeah, he just, just. Honey on a stick. Yep, just <laughs> took it right off, tossed the bar on the ground, grabbed the next one. Um, but yeah, so it was actually, it was really cool. It was a, it was a neat experience. I did learn that I cannot... I almost need to have a third person that is the moderator who's actually paying attention to the computer because what we found is that something would be mentioned vocally and the audience listening would pick up on it and then have their own conversation. Like the whole last half of the chat was... Barbecue mealworms. Bugs for food, yeah. Yeah, Barbecue mealworms, ants and chocolate. Yeah. And uh, chips. Chips in the UK... Is different than chips here in America. Yes, yeah, and so are <laughs> cookies and biscuits. So, but the 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 whole problem that I ended up having was I was trying to skim through there because if somebody were to post a question, mm-hmm. it was going to get buried in all the banter about whatever everybody else was talking about. So I need somebody to actually go through and watch for the questions. Oh, you need a producer. Well, yeah, yeah. Ken was not watching. Ken was having fun. I was reading. Reading and conversing. <laughs> and, and I was and, talking back to him. Yeah, and carrying on the conversation. <laughs> but it did It did become challenging on my part. And I ended up getting distracted a couple of times where I would literally lose my train of thought because I would be in the middle of answering a question, and then I would look down at the screen, and I'd see something, and I would stop because my brain would be trying to comp- contemplate what that was, and then I'd be like, oh, wait, I should have actually finished what I was saying first. But if I also don't watch the screen, I don't see questions if they come by. Mm-hmm. So it's a catch-22 on that part. But it was still really cool. It was really fun it's to be fun. able to really interact with our audience and our family out there and actually vocally be able to hear them and answer questions in real time as opposed to emails that we stockpile for weeks or months on end kind of thing and then and do one big episode. So the the concept going forward is that we will try to do one of those every four to six weeks or something. We'll put out a listener question episode where that way, if people do have questions, you can still always email us a question or send it to us on social media. But Mm -hmm. if you want to ask your question live on air on the podcast, we can go through and, and do that as well and make that work. So that is the concept. We'll, we'll see mm-hmm. <laughs> how that goes. No, I like it. Um, so it has been cold here. Um, well, this is last week. Yeah, yeah it's been... It's it, in the 70s, the 60s and 70s. This well, week. hypothetically next week, but that hasn't happened yet, so well, no. we don't know. No. So let's talk about what has happened. It's been cold here. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it froze... Uh, you did have a freeze. Don't worry about dates because, you know, by the time these air, that's, it just all gets messed up anyway. We did have a freeze. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, 36 at the house this morning. We had one real hard freeze and then some light freezes. Yeah, you had one where it dropped down into the 20s oh, one well, night. It was in the teens. Oh, you guys got down to the teens? Yeah, wow. The Ours teens. was 28. I was thinking for some reason yours was like 26. but And Mason, we were 19 at the house. And then Mason got even into 15 or 16. Ah, that's Fahrenheit. So, (laughs) 
one of the things that one of our listeners, Amy, um, Amy is one of our Patreon listeners, and our members, not listeners. She's a listener, period. But um, anyhow, Amy is one of our patrons on Patreon, mm-hmm. and she had sent in a question in regards to her hives. She noticed a lot more dead bees out on the landing board in front of her hive than normal. Mm-hmm. And when she looked on the inner cover or underneath, sorry, when she looked on the bottom of the uh, the bottom board, she could see that there were a lot of dead bees down there too. And she was fighting. No. She was wondering if it was a it was a problem or an issue. Now this is when it's cold, and yeah. she's where okay. it is cold and has been cold. Okay. So we're not talking robbing here. We're talking like yeah. death rate in the winter. Yep. So what ended up possibly occurring? Um, it's cold enough there that they you know you don't want to open up the hive necessarily right. and check. So when you go through and you have a big die out like that, there's a couple of things that I told her to keep in mind, and I wanted to mention this on the main segment because it's good for everybody to hear and to know, but. You know, you got to keep in mind at the very, very least, mm-hmm. hundreds of bees can die a day just from old age, especially oh, yeah. in the spring and summertime. You could have thousands of bees dying mm-hmm. a day from mortality rates, from disease, from, you know, flying and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime, that mortality rate is still there. It does slow down a little bit because they're not working as hard so that it's not going to really tax them as much, but they are still dying every day. When it's a bee a dark dies, winter. it's the dark winter. When bees die, typically one of the undertaker bees or the trash collector bees, they will take the body. I like the undertaker bee. They will drag it out the front of the hive and they. I'm the undertaker bee. That was. Now go ahead. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> they will take the bee and they will fly off and drop it a ways away from the hive and then come back. When it's cold or when it's been raining for an extended period. Push that damn thing out the front of the door. Well, it's exactly right. (laughs) They push it out to the landing board, and then they say, oh, shit, it's cold out here. And they go right back inside the hive, and they leave it on the landing board. Leave Bob out there. He might come back to life. They might push them out and push them over the edge of the landing board and just drop them straight down. But they don't attempt to fly off with them because it's too cold for them to be out flying, and it's it's pretty nippy out there, so they just come right back in. Mm -hmm. Now, when it's super cold and they, they don't even get to that point, there is still bees that are dying, and they're going to fall straight to the bottom of the hive. Oh, that's when they're going to pile up at the door if they you get could. in trouble. They could pile up at the door. That's very yeah. true. Now, one of the unfortunate, unfortunate, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the unfortunate. unfortunate side effects is if there is actually a chill, if the winter cluster cannot generate enough heat or it gets so cold that the outer shell of the winter cluster chills and dies, you'll have a mass drop, and that can be a huge pile of bees that falls down all at once. Now, it doesn't mean that the entire colony died, but a good portion of them yeah. could have died or could have starved. Yeah, yeah. and could have been ones that were already on their last leg or whatever, but a mass fall happens. Mm-hmm. That can clog up the entrance. So yeah, if they do it right in front of the door, yeah. If, yeah, or if the bees are trying to clean stuff and they pile it over there, it can, it can clog it up too. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons why sometimes you will hear beekeepers tell you on your entrance bar... Mm-hmm. Reducer. Reducer. That's what they got. See, I'm so far removed from Langstroth at the moment, I didn't even know what it was. Entrance reducer on a Langstroth hive has a three-inch cut and a one-inch cut. And mm-hmm. you can kind of turn them in different ways to, to get what you mm-hmm. want out of that. But basically, you can have the entrance facing up towards the hive body or down towards the landing board. And in the spring and summer, it's perfectly fine to have it down. But in the winter, sometimes they'll tell you to have that facing up. And that's because if bodies do fall on the bottom, 
the hole oh, is a little okay. bit higher than yeah. the body, so it still will allow the bees to get out, and it won't block them in there. So in Amy's case, what I told her to do was to go out there and make sure that the entrance wasn't blocked. At the very least, depending on if they've already propolized things, you don't necessarily want to mess with it. It depends on how snug of a fit it is. But if it does look like there's a problem, you can open the entrance, pull the entrance reducer out partway, Mm -hmm. stick your hive tool down inside there, and rake all those dead bodies out and make sure that it's cleaned up and then put the entrance back. Mm -hmm. Now, as Max will attest... They will dump on you and come after you. Just in case, you still should be suited up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not... And have smoke. Yeah, but if it's 20 or 30 degrees outside, this is not going to happen because they're going to be very lethargic and they're going to be piled up. But if it's like 50 degrees mm-hmm. and you go out there, you could have an adverse reaction. And, and, and might, they were feral bees. Well, yeah, and, and well, it doesn't even matter on <laughs> that. Know. A colony, you know, like you rip out the entrance of a colony, they're going to respond. It doesn't matter how nice or not they are. And you didn't smoke them. So Max pulled a kin. He was going to rush out real quick because they needed to flip the entrances from the three inch to the one inch for winter and these cold spells that were coming up. And uh, he went out there and and he cracked one of them open and the bees came out immediately to tell him that was not a good idea. (laughs) And he hadn't smoked them. He hadn't done anything. Um, and then he said, to hell with it. They can all stay on the three. Uh, and they chased him for a good hundred yards. Stayed after him. Yeah. So even if you're going out there, you know, at the very least wear a veil just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can pull that open very gently, you know, be slow, slow, can got to be slow. I'm always slow. Uh-huh. Liar. Um, and pull it open, clean it out. And then you can, you know, just put that right back and you haven't really done any harm to anything. You haven't exposed the top. You haven't opened up the inner cover. You haven't exposed the top of the frames, things like that. And it will go ahead and make sure that if anything did occur, your, your bees can still get out. So then they can still go out and try to find water when it is warm enough. They can get out to relieve themselves. They're not going to be trapped in there and like suffocate or anything like that. So, but yeah, that, that is definitely something. If you see them out on the landing board, that's not as big of a deal because it does mean the colony is still alive and actively trying to clean house because they're pushing them out onto the landing board. Mm-hmm. And when it does get warm enough for a day, they'll come out and they'll clean the rest of that up. But it is not uncommon to find, you know, they'll even pull larvae out and toss them out there if it's gotten cold enough that they're like, hey, we don't have the resources or the temperature constraints to be able to continue raising brood successfully. So just abort it. And they will pull them out and toss them out the front too. So drones, um, you know, the last hey. time I did the the checks on the top bars, we had the the drone graveyard, the little bee berries in the back of the hive, uh, where they had basically mm-hmm. they drag all the bodies to the back because they can't fat they cannot fit the fat drone bodies out the front disc. Mm-hmm. So they take them all to the back. The reducer, queen, queen reducer. The queen, ex- yeah. the queen, queen excluder, excluder disc, the entrance disc on the top bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and since how they can't fit them through that, they take them to the back of the hive and pile them up back there. And then over time, they get cannibalized. At least the abdomens do, and it leaves the heads. <laughs> Just the head, little blackberry there. Because they can tear the rest of the body apart and pull it out through the hole, but they can't pull the head apart. So you'll end up with all these drone heads that look like these really strange <laughs> berries <laughs> in the back of a hive. Mm-hmm. It's just drone head, drone skulls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so you know, those are those are things that now everybody kind of has to be aware of and and pay attention to going through the the winter months. Um, so one of the other things that happens when it gets cold outside and winter comes is Ken starts baking. 
I am stuck in the hole in the house, and I cook because it's a dark winter outside. Whatever you do it every year, it doesn't matter if it's a dark COVID <laughs> pandemic winter or not. Yep, don't be lying. So, what you baking up in there? Fruit cakes. Fruit cakes. I gave the recipe. <laughs> or did out. you uh, oh i did i hope i hope they wrote it down when i gave it at first because then i used our union uh, i had to pull my union card out and show it and it, it sped it up yeah there there was some some weird artifact in there um you know for for those that tuned in to the live episode you did actually get to hear Ken's fruitcake recipe, mm-hmm. uh, but then somehow when we were going through and editing it over, I, I don't know if his alien bees interfered or what, <laughs> but uh, it, it came out all garbled. It just didn't make any sense. He, it was like somebody was on speed. So, uh, yeah, oh well. Yeah. But uh, you did say that you had a, you had a goof in there, too. You, uh, you told them the wrong amounts. <laughs> uh, on the honey, it's one two-thirds of a cup. It's two-thirds of a cup of honey. I put in there two two-thirds cups of honey. No, it's one two-thirds of a cup of honey. Because everything, I've been making double batches, and I've I, I made everything else down to a single batch. But I remember that I put two two-thirds cups of honey in my double batch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we did, uh, <laughs> we did intend on, giving away a fruitcake during the live episode. Mm-hmm. And I even started off the episode by picking on Jake and telling him that he could not win because mm-hmm. he's the one that won the fruitcake last year. And then I got so distracted with all the other things going on and the chat and all that other stuff that uh, I completely forgot. And we got off the air and I was like, ah, oh, bleep, 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 bleep. I completely forgot. We didn't give away a fruitcake. Dang it. And uh, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to give one away now, sort of this week. We're going to give away one. So that's almost how that sounds. <laughs> no, we're giving three away. Oh, God. We're giving three oh, away. Yeah, we're going to give three away. We're giving three fruitcakes yep. away. One pound fruitcakes. This week. So here's lots how. Lots of pecans, by the way. Lots of pecans. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so this is how this is going to work. Number one, mm-hmm. if you are allergic to pecans, if you have an aversion to candied fruit, or uh, if you eggs. have an aversion to eggs, yeah. do not bother participating. <laughs> oh, it does have dairy in it. Oh, got butter. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Only got a quarter cup of butter. Yeah. Quarter pound of butter. So. Got a half a pound of butter. No, half a cup of butter. So, if, you got, if you're allergic to, to butter. If you have an aversion to dairy, if you have an aversion to eggs, if you have a, an aversion to pecans, or if you have an aversion to uh, candied fruit, or if you have an aversion to fruitcakes in general, do not participate in this. In this or if you entry. don't. What's, what's the. The people that don't eat flour? Like if you have... Um, I don't know what they call gluten it. Gluten intolerance. Gluten, yeah, gluten. Can't eat it. All right. It's not made out of cornmeal. So if you don't have any fun in life, <laughs> don't bother participating in this drawing. Okay, so here's how this is going to work. If you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, this mm-hmm. is Monday the 14th, mm-hmm. and we will put a post out there, hopefully should already be there, that'll be a, an image of Ken's Fruitcakes, and... It will be on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook, mm-hmm. and just for the hell of it, I'll put it on Patreon too, just in case. Okay. And then what we want you to do is comment in the comments below that image, comment and tell us your guilty pleasure that you have been indulging in during the pandemic. What yep. has been your go-to, well, 
No Ken's, porn. Ken's got this no expression porn. on his face. No porn. We don't want to hear stories about <laughs> queen bees and drones. Yeah. Uh, we are looking for food-related guilty pleasures. So yeah. if you've been indulging in chocolate or if there's a favorite thing you bake or you make or you've got back into doing or something that you've been ordering, like, you know, every single week, mm-hmm. tell us what your guilty food indulgence and pleasure has been during the pandemic and put that down in the comments. That will enter you into a chance to win one of three fruitcakes from Ken. They're a little one pound tin. And so we will give you from Monday, the 14th of December, 2020 through Saturday, the 19th of December, uh, 2020. And then on Sunday, the 20th, we will go through and we will draw uh, those three winners And unfortunately, that is the week of Christmas, so we can make no guarantee as to when your fruitcake will actually arrive. Hopefully, it will arrive uh, between Christmas and New Year's, but uh, again, can't make any promises on how that will actually work out, just timing-wise, because we didn't give it away last week when we should have, unfortunately, so we're we're a little bit befuddled on that part. Um, But that's the deal. So... Look on Instagram, Facebook, or Patreon. Find the post that has Ken's fruitcake on it and put a comment down there in regards to your guilty food pleasure and indulgence during the pandemic. And you've got until Saturday, the 19th of December of 2020 to get those entries in. And then we will announce on Monday's episode, the 21st, um, who has won. And uh, also, Monday's episode on December 21st will be our last episode for 2020. And uh, we were going to take a little hiatus there, and we will come back with everybody in January at some point. So there's that as well. But that's how you can enter to win. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Family, y'all be good. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Do the social distancing thing and keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up. Bye. (laughs) Y'all be good. It's time for our guys to buzz off but don't fret the hive jive journey continues with new episodes mondays every month until then you can follow along with the guys on facebook and instagram at the hive jive thanks for listening and be safe out there